Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Age, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Abigail Ryan considers how labour requirements will evolve on dairy farms over the next decade and what farmers can do to adapt to meet these requirements. It has evolved a lot from a labour point of view. Uh, the young farmers that of the future that were surveyed definitely have indicated they will be working less hours as they seem to want a more balanced work life. Um, they will get the tasks done in a more organised way and right throughout the survey, the feedback was all about organisation. And I guess if you want to employ staff, they will go to a farmer with better facilities and a more structured roster. That was another key message in the survey. And you mentioned these are young farmers. Can you give us a profile of those who engaged with this survey? Where were they from? Yes, yeah, so there was 123 of them um, surveyed and they were young farmer graduates, uh, final year ag colleges um, right throughout Ireland, uh, some third level universities and Emma Louise, your own um, professional farm manager diploma course, students from that and graduates that are now working as farm managers on, on the course. So Emma Louise, the, the structure then, 63% of them indicated they would be farm owners um, in the future, uh, 23% of them would be in some sort of farm partnership. 3% of them said they'd be share farming. And then 11% of them said they'd be just working on farms. So there was quite a representation across the board. Yeah, a very broad spectrum. And Abigail, right now, is there an indication of any of their labour input in terms of hours worked or, you know, time that they take off the farm? Yeah, so it, you could say in, in, in essence or in summary, it's a bit all over the place, which would be a bit worrying because it's nice when people take a structured time off so that they have a bit of time to recuperate and even be ready for the busy season ahead. So just to pull out one piece of information there, um, 30, only 30% of them said they take one full week's holidays, whereas imagine half of those were taking individual days off during the year. So I would say from that, people should put a bit more planning into that time as well, which I'll allude to later on in the in the questions that you're going to be asking me. And and to take that a step further, time off, you know, 30 percent, you know, really, really low figure in terms of the the farmers that you would have surveyed taking a week off a block of a week what do you recommend or what would you see as what farmers should target in terms of time off be it a farm owner or a farm employee uh, yeah so I suppose you're asking what would the ideal workload or what do these guys see as their future ideal workload so I suppose farmers in the future they will be working fewer hours uh, they are looking for better facilities and they want a very organized structure. And I've used that word already and simply because it has been used a lot in the survey by the respondents. Um, the, the farmer managing their own herd that hasn't enough cows to employ labor, it's, it's a little bit more of a challenge because they won't have enough cows to have somebody full time. But they definitely will have to be more conscious and should be with their um, with the workload. And like maybe they should look to things like getting in some relief workers at certain times of the year, take some days off, have a calf rear, for example. example. Some of these people might be lucky enough to have people at home or family to help them on the farm. 
The larger scale farmers then obviously will be employing labor and they have to be really well organized again, excellent communicators and really good at people management. But, you know, their facilities will have to be excellent because the people that tick all those boxes are going to get the better staff or employees. Uh, I would say as well, future farmers, uh, they want to be finished work by 6 p.m. This message came out from the survey, which means they're going to be starting work at about 7 a.m. in the morning. Quarter of them said they want to work 50 hours per week and 20% felt they were going to work less. However, you still had 20% of the respondents indicating they would be working more than 60 hours a week, which is a lot. And interestingly, I was surprised with the amount of people that was 80% of the respondents would like two, three weekends off per month. Um, in the future, which is a lot more, I would say, than what people are taking off now. So that message was strong as well, Emma Louise. So let's dive into a little bit of this information and the results uh, from the survey. Um, you know, you talk about larger scale farms where there is employed labour. Farmers need to be very good communicators and people managers. For farmers who are listening today and they're in the situation where they are employing labour or they intend on employing labour in the future, how can you develop these skills or, you know, is there areas that you could train in order to do so? Yeah, so there's, I suppose we have only a short time here, Emma Louise, to um, talk about these things. So just maybe a couple of brief points and I'm sure there's lots more. Um, some farmers, by the way, are already really efficient and Marion Beecher's work in Moor Park would say that already, like they're already hitting these targets. So I suppose what the majority are trying to work out is how do we get to those? And they're re- these people are very efficient and are already very organised. Obviously, it depends on what stage you know, these future farmers are going to be at, like, are they going to have to develop a farm? Are they expanding? So like the early years are going to be, you know, you're going to be working longer hours and we can debate whether you should or shouldn't, but that's the way it is. So um, once the business is well established, then the daily daily structure of responsible or reasonable finishing times, weekends off is very achievable. So I suppose outside the busy calving season, the the respondents acknowledged that for the the six week calving season, it is going to be very busy. I think at that, you know, once we move then out of the breeding season, we should be able to match the industry hours because on farm, you're going to be living on the farm, so you're not including driving time to work. And so just a couple of things, Nolly Heffernan, who um, is a private consultant. She has developed the weekly planner and the yearly planner with ourselves. And it's really, really successful. It's a simple tool, very effective. And back to your first question, Emma Louise, on time off, it really helps you pinpoint that and get a structure. Second thing is excellent communication and people management skills are a must, especially if you're going to be an employer or even an employee, works both ways. Martina Gormley from Chagas has um, a number of uh, these courses on people management already rolled out over the last few years and she's planning on another one um, soon. She runs it in conjunction with the co-ops and with MOCRA. And I'd say this course is a must if, if you are uh, wanting to improve your skills as an employer and gaining a lot of other skills by doing that course. And it's a short course. Uh, thirdly, highly skilled individuals. It was interesting that the respondents who were all very, very young people still saw that farmers needed to have three to four years in university or college and experience as well. So Emma-Louise, your course on the 
the professional firm manager is, is a really successful course and young people thinking of going into the industry should be doing that course and you've incorporated a lot of these points already in the course and either they may become employers or they could be employees so it's, it's a, a good course from that point of view. And I'm nearly finished on your point now, but I suppose while I've alluded to education as well, there's a lot of work um, and technologies developed in Moorpark that are important. Simple things like number of rows um, milking and, you know, the, the grassland um, calculator and measuring grass, getting the cows out early, that's a skill. It's another thing that means if cows are out early, you're not going to be lying in cubicles or inside, uh, that they'll be outside and healthy. There'll definitely be a really good or greater emphasis required for flexible working arrangements. For example, maybe contract rearing, maybe somebody specifically to rear the calves. There's an awful lot of paperwork um, attached to the firm now, even simple things like tagging calves and registering. Maybe someone should be contracted to do that. Contract out the HR to your accountant. Um, I believe as well there's going to be a role in the future for non-farming people that have interest in working in the outdoors that they may fill the gaps perhaps at weekends. Look, the, the list is endless and farmers themselves and these young people in the survey um, will also be providing ideas. And finally, I'd say that, you know, facilities are really important on farms, whether it be simple drafting you know, a, a good canteen, ideal number of rows per cow. Again, the list is endless. But like the people in the survey have indicated a lot of these things um, were important to them as to have an, an ideal workplace. I think there's a long list of um, tools and technologies and training that you've listed there. And I think there's no harm for people maybe to rewind and, and listen to that information once more, Abigail. Um, you know, there's, there's just a huge amount there. Like you talk about the, the simple weekly and yearly planner. It's, you know, once it's done, it, it provides a huge amount of organisation to a firm. You also men mentioned the people management course that Martine, Martina Gormley is is working with and, you know, really, really good for um, farm, farmers as employers. Um, and I am biased, but the professional diploma and dairy farm management course is excellent. And you would know many of the graduates of the course, Abigail, and they are champions in the industry. Really, really excellent um, uh, success stories um, that have gone through um their education at Chagas to to go back, Abigail, um, and talk about that, um, the 50 hour working week that uh, that 25 percent or a quarter of those um, those surveyed said that they would like to achieve. And you mentioned that, you know, finishing at 6 p.m. would mean that you are starting at, say, 7 a.m., um, you know, some people would still be sticking to, um, you know, a quite a long milking interval and they're, you know, and therefore it is impossible to get off the farm and maybe achieve that 12 hour working window from start time to finish time. Can you make a comment on that and a recommendation, you know, based on morning milking, when would it be appropriate to start your evening milking? Yeah, I mean, research would indicate about that interval, there shouldn't be a difference. And Louise, and I'd be really strong on that in my work from uh, Greenfield, uh, we would have always, you know, tried to lead on that point where, you know, the working hours were, we had full employees, there wasn't a farm owner, so it was important to them, their time off. And they worked really hard during the window. So cups were on the cows at 7am in the morning, depending where the cows were on the farm, which is a long walk, that they had to go for the cows at 3 p.m. and start milking at 3.30. 
And, you know, right throughout the summer when the, the busy season was over, it it was up to the guys there to be finished even by half five. Um, you know, and that's about how you organize your day. And I would speak to an awful lot of groups on this. And, you know, the really good guys would make a comment, no matter what other job you're at during the day, the milking should be your main job. Marion's work would say it takes up a third of the working year. So if 3 p.m. is when you go for the cows, all tools should be down, put down at that time and go for the cows. Don't be letting it slip on by half an hour, etc. Uh, guys going training or girls going to, you know, camogie, whatever it is, they want to be finished and they have a set time to go to training. So you have to be disciplined with your start and finish time. That's just my tuppany bit. And I'm just probably quoting or stealing other people's um, ideas to what they've told me at group meetings, etc. It's it's an interesting one. And, and you know, when you talk about, um, you know, at the less busy times of year, once cows are calved and once cows are bred, you know, matching industry hours. And that is indeed what a lot of people are looking to replicate within dairy farms. And, and back to Martina Gormley, you know, I would have asked her, is it achievable for for staff on farms to have weekends off or, you know, work that 5-2 roster? And I guess that's a strong indication in terms of what you're seeing. People want more weekends off, um, say, from farms. You know, what do you see as, as a good balance? Is it a thing that relief could come in for three of, of, of four weekends in a month? Yeah, so I suppose now we're in a situation where already, you know, many farmers will say to you, it's difficult to find staff. So now we're saying into the future, we're going to have to find more relief staff for weekends or whatever. So yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Um, but at the same time, the good employees will, if they're deciding to take more weekends off, they'll have a system in place that have three or four relief milkers on speed. Uh, there's no point in having just one. And I think we have to encourage, if we're not finding it within the, the community we live in, um, or agencies, maybe then we have to start looking in other places, maybe by having our places much more attractive, it's a place where maybe more young people might like to work. And, you know, I know from Relief Milk and this, it's not bad money for example, if it's going to take you four hours at the weekend on a Saturday to milk, it's not that long and it's good money as well. For example, if you're a student in college, some I know of them that they're doing some relief milking in the area for dairy farmers, which is a nice bit of money for the week for them in college. Look, they're just very brief ideas I have at the moment. And I think, Abigail, as a follow on point from that, you know, it is interesting. We did see that there was um dare I say, an oversupply of help on farms um, once COVID hit and lockdowns happened. You know, a lot of people returned home from more urban areas and there was a lot more help on farms, um, you know, whether it was a family farm or people helped out with a neighbour. And I, I think it's a good point you make, thinking outside the box. And if there isn't somebody on your doorstep that is suitable, maybe you need to look further afield. And I suppose from the employer point of view, you know, relief milking, as you say, can be good money um you know it, go, going forward and it can help um i suppose in college night and the few nights out that um you might have along the way um i think i've taken a lot from this conversation and I think we need to maybe reprogram ourselves with some of our ideas of employment on farms and really engage with the farmers of the future and how we can work with them in order to retain staff and have a happy workplace. Thank you, Abigail. Okay, Emma Louise, thank you as well. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Abigail Ryan for joining me on this week's show. 
Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.